Hello again, my name is Anne-Marie Zanzel and welcome to Coming Out and Beyond LGBTQIA Plus Stories. I am an ordained minister, bereavement counselor, conversationalist, spiritual wanderer, later in life lesbian, change maker, blogger, author, mom of four beautiful children, wife to my lovely wife, Tonda McKay, a northerner living in the South and trying to figure it all out. I share the stories of people who are coming out later in life to the LGBTQIA community and other queer stories. These stories are compelling, heartbreaking, joyful, and inspirational. I started this podcast because we need to normalize exploration and of sexuality and gender at all ages. Plus, visibility is vital to the queer community. It's never too late to be who we are created to be. My guests prove that. Shannon Norrie practiced law for 20 years before changing careers to follow her passion to provide affordable housing to low-income families. She was appointed the executive director of the Lawrence Housing Authority in January of 2011. She is a member of the Affordable Housing Advisory Board for Lawrence, Kansas, served on the board for the Lawrence Douglas County Public Health, and is the convener convener for the Community Health Plan for the Safe and Affordable Housing Initiative. She's involved in several nationwide organizations that promote affordable housing. She is an adventurer, avid kayaker, and hiker. She has two adult daughters that share her quest for adventure. Welcome, Shannon. It's so nice to have you here today. Thank you. So Shannon and I met in a support group of mine that she joined and Shannon is a lawyer and she is here today in that capacity, but what's the disclaimer, Shannon? Yes, I'm not, <laughs> I am not providing legal advice. I am providing practical advice um, for the process of getting divorced. Okay, so Shannon, you got divorced, um, what, five years ago, four or five years ago? Nope, it will, it will, it is exactly um, two years ago today. Oh my God. Um, is that a congratulations? Yes. Congratulations. Okay, Shannon, let's talk about your divorce a little bit. And, and also too, then we'll, we'll move on to talking about some things women should think about as they're going through a divorce, because you and I had very different experiences of divorce and we've talked about that before. So what was your divorce like? Yeah, so um, I was married for almost 27 years to a man. We had two children and um, and relatively significant assets. Um, and that relationship was not working. And we decided to get divorced um, because it was uh, amicable. We both wanted to be divorced. We were able to use a mediation process rather than uh, both hire lawyers and really uh, go at it. Um, we made both of us made some compromises um, in uh, what we gave and what we accepted. Um, we've um, decided to get divorced uh, in September of 19 and our divorce was final by February of 2020. Wow. So it went pretty quickly and you were able to do the mediation route. Correct. And so really our legal fees were very minor because all we needed uh, our lawyers for were to review our settlement agreement and to file the divorce. Um, so we probably both spent less than $5,000 um, on each of our attorneys uh, to get through the divorce process. I should stress that this, that is a very positive divorce story. Um, most people spend a lot more money than that. And it takes a lot longer than that um, to get through the process. Yes, because I'm the one who spent $87,000 on a divorce and it took a year and a half because there was a lot of feet dragging by my ex-spouse. So, and that typically happens to people. So Shannon, what kind of divorces are out there? Um, 
what I know there's collaborative uh, meditation and then the legal route. Can you explain those to me? Sure. So if you and your spouse both want to get divorced and can, can, can still work together, then you can do a collaborative process or a mediation. Um, that is where you and your spouse don't take your lawyers and you go meet with an impartial third party, talk through what the options are, um, and reach an agreement. That agreement you then take to your lawyers to review gets filed with the court. Um, put a pin there in, in the divorce agreement because it's really important to know what you're getting yourself into when you execute that document. Mm -hmm. So that's the easiest route. That is the least expensive route. Um, is there a difference? Is there a difference? between collaborative and mediation? Um, collaborative, uh, a lot of times you might have a lawyer also. So it can be a situation where um, you have a lawyer um, there with you. Mediation, generally you do not, you do not show up with your lawyer. Um, you're trying to do this without engaging um, and getting all the legal fees, right? Um, and, and, you know, basically everyone should remember that you, why you pay so much to a lawyer is that you're buying their expertise. Um, so, um, it's really important to know what kind of divorce you're going to have, right? Because if you already don't agree, uh, don't waste your time on mediation because it has a fee also. Um, and if, I mean, really, uh, you know, my ex-husband and I had, uh, our, our relationship had evolved or devolved to a business partnership. And so we were, uh, very able to make the divorce just part of the resolution of that business. Um, do you think that though, that was successful? because you're a lawyer? Well, what I will say is that I knew what my rights were. Mm -hmm. um, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't advocate anybody go into any situation, mediation, collaboration, or anything without understanding what your rights are. Mm -hmm. Your state is going to have very specific rules about maintenance or alimony, child custody issues, how you split property, what's communal property, what's separate property, how you determine that. Your state has those rules. In the state of Kansas, we have a worksheet, makes it really easy. Lots of states don't have that, but if your state has that, it's real important to go get it and understand because what you don't wanna do in a mediation is give up a bunch of rights you have. Mm -hmm. um, so then what, <laughs> so then if you, can't agree right you already can't talk to each other yeah let's talk about this because you sure. have inhabited the same world for a while and we've watched a lot of people get divorced um i just want to take a quick go really quickly back to the collaborative and mediation would you recommend that once you get your documents you have your own lawyer look over it before you file them with the court? Absolutely, 100% of the time, 100% mm -hmm. of the time, because the reason you pay a lawyer to do that is for them to say, hey, I, I, I'm in the state of Kansas. Hey, in the state of Kansas, you're entitled to this and you've waived that right. Are you sure you want to do that? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um you you want that advice okay. right mm -hmm. um and so 100 of the time you should have a lawyer um you should uh have your lawyer look at your settlement agreement before you sign it do not sign it until your lawyer looks at it mm -hmm. those are legally binding documents exactly 
And so don't sign it until you have a lawyer look at it. Divorce agreements are notoriously difficult to change once they've been signed, correct? Absolutely. Because so, so I think the thing that's interesting about this area is that you're going to go through probably one of the hardest times of your life on two tracks. You're going to go through a legal process, which is just about the business of the marriage, marriage, breaking up the marriage and recreating, Mm -hmm. you know, separate entities, right? And how you do that. You're probably also going to go through one of the most emotionally difficult times of your life you probably need some help with that. So, you know, I reached out to Anne Marie. Other people want to go to therapy. You need to also take care of that part. And you need to try to get to a place where you can take care of those issues, those emotional issues outside of your legal case. I, I, I want to say this no less than five times in this podcast which is no one wins a divorce. And if you're coming in here and approaching it that you're going to win your divorce, you are going to lose a lot of money mm-hmm. because the harder you try to win and extract your pound of flesh or vice versa, your soon-to-be ex-spouse is trying to extract their pound of flesh from you the more expensive your divorce is going to be. So get the emotional help you need somewhere else. Don't, don't pretend you don't need it. Um, (laughs) And then try to work it out in your divorce. You know, it's really hard to do that though. Like, because it, it becomes very heightened for us because a lot of women too also feel guilty. They feel because I, I heard a statistic that 80 to 90% of all divorces are initiated by women and good girls don't initiate divorces. <laughs> so a lot of times women are very, um, uh, feel guilty. And so like, that's what you saw in the group you were in and you were sort of stunned by it because, you, you know, it wasn't the way you approached it. And right. Um, and because you knew it was a business entity that you were dividing assets and creating two new ent- entities from that. But people don't see it that way. A lot yeah. of people, it's like, I gave my life to this relationship. I did this, I did that. He earned the money. I, you know, it's all kinds of things. You know, I love when women say, oh, my husband is going to give me a settlement. <laughs> and I'm like, no, you guys are going to split your assets. Yeah. <laughs> He's not you giving you anything. anything. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you'll hear it also, my ex-husband or soon-to-be ex-husband is saying, I'm trying to take him, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Because what I can tell you is, is the person who is going to have to share their income with their soon-to-be ex-spouse is not going to be very happy about it. Mm-hmm. No matter what the agreement was that you all both agreed to, that you would stay home that you would have the gap in your career, that you would lose out on being able to save for retirement. And the two of you would share his or her retirement because that was your unit. And so the law entitles you to many things. If that was your arrangement and you're coming out of a long-term marriage and they're not giving you anything, you are entitled to it because you've made an agreement. But kind of going back to what you said is, I still needed emotional help. Mm -hmm. It was terrible for me. And I know it's a business. And I, you know, and, 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 you know, I tried really hard, wasn't 100% successful, um, but was mostly successful in trying to keep my emotion And my work that I needed to do in that area separate from my actual divorce. Because quite frankly, by the time you're to this place, it's they can't be your primary supporter. 
They can't be that person. And, and, you know, I think what we saw in your group was also because those of us who are coming, you know, to uh, this late in life, and we've decided that perhaps we want to take our uh, life in a different direction, mm-hmm. right? Um, I think uh, you and I got to the place where, uh, you know, I refer to myself as a woman who loves women. Mm-hmm. Um, we feel guilty about that. I mean, straight women who are divorcing feel guilty because they are the primary caretaker of the family. So do, so do queer women. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we get divorced. Like, yeah. But but the person who was, it was your primary job to keep this unit together and cohesive and happy and healthy and safe and self-actualized and all the children with the right amount of vegetables and right. And all the doctor's appointments and everything that was your part of your life job. Even if you had a job, I always, I I always had a job outside the home also, but that was still my job. And so when you are the person initiating the dissolution of that unit, there's a ton of guilt when you're you know, initiating that dissolution because you've fallen in love with a woman and you've added more layers to the situation that make it hard for everyone to adapt to that change. That's even a whole nother layer of that's, guilt. Yeah, it's another couple of like, well, maybe 10 layers that yeah. you're adding to, depending on your life situation, how old your children are, all those things. And what I saw in our group was people willing to give up their financial security because they felt guilty. And I am again saying those two things are separate. Those two things are separate. What I'm hearing you say is if you're in the process of divorcing and you feel enormous guilt around the divorce, to seek emotional support from a professional who knows about this, you know, either a therapist or a coach that can provide you to, to, to help you work through this guilt. So in the long run, you don't jeopardize your financial future and by extension, your children's financial future with you. Because that's a lot of times people forget about that. Because if you say, oh, I'm just going to give up and give them everything. A lot of times when you're the parent and you haven't worked in a long time and stuff like that, you aren't able to provide for your children in the way that you want to. I mean, you may not have the same level that you had with your spouse, but you would still be able to provide for your children and, and, you know, if you were there. So a couple of questions. I know this is a whole like uh, can of worms, child, child custody, child support. What would your, what's your best advice about that? If somebody is that, that's separate from the dissolution of your marriage. So a lot of like people don't know this if you've been married for a long time. So the child support, child custody agreement is different from, well, the child support is in your divorce resolution, but the child custody, all those things are um, decided separately. Um, Your advice. Yeah, so, right? The Supreme Court of the United States has (laughs) recognized that same-sex people are entitled to be married. And just because you might want to be married to a same-sex person as you does not mean you are unfit to have your children. Mm-hmm. And um, most states, unfortunately not all states, but most states will not allow that to be used against you. What can be used against you, right? Uh, 
like you've abandoned them or, mm -hmm. but that's true no matter which, who you are. Mm -hmm. If you walked out and you left your kids, that will, can be used against you, right? So what if, so what if a woman moves out of the house just because, but she's still seeing her children? That's not, concerned. that's not abandonment. Okay. Okay. That's what not what's abandonment? Abandonment that. is basically like you left the family home and instead of moving four blocks away and your kids come back and forth, right? It's like abandonment is you jetted off to Vegas, never came met, back and never came back. And don't and let them leave a forwarding address. And you call your kids like once every three weeks, right? I mean, it's the same kinds of things, right? You, you made no financial arrangement for them. You've made no effort to see them. You've made very little effort to contact them. That's abandonment. Okay. All right. Um, you wanting to have a life is not abandonment. Mm -hmm. Um. So yes, but it's very separate. You're going to need to like, I mean, all states, the, the rule is what is in the best interest of the child? Every state, that is the standard. Most states default now to a 50-50 custody situation. Mm -hmm. um, you can arrange what you want, right? As, as the parents, you can decide, um, you know, please, please, please don't use your children as weapons. Mm -hmm. um, what does that mean, Shannon, when you say well, that? Well, yeah, um, you know, sometimes the, the divorces are so acrimonious that people talk poorly about their the child's other parent, or they withhold letting the child see the other parent, or they try to do things to sabotage the other parent with the child. Um, you know, what happens there is now you're, you're causing long-term damage to your child, mm -hmm. right? Again, you are not going to win a divorce. There, is, there are no winners. There are survivors. Mm -hmm. And please make sure your kids are in your lifeboat with you. Mm -hmm. Not. <laughs> I, so what does, so I hear this a lot. What does someone do when it is very clear that the other spouse, ex-spouse, is not taking care of the children. Not like not taking care of the children to your standards, but like neglecting them. You know, like if they have them, they go out and like leave them alone. Um, you know, things like that. Uh, they get sick and they don't give them any medication. Like what, like what do you, like how do you deal with that? Like, it's very hard as a parent who loves your children to see a spouse neglecting, it may not be abusive, but just neglectful and not great parenting. What do you do? How, what's the recourse there? Yeah, so it all depends on the magnitude, right? Um, I'd say the first thing you want to do the minute your child is old enough is to give them a phone so that they can reach you mm -hmm. when they need to. Mm -hmm. And, and you can say to your child, if you're ever afraid, call me. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and, and then what you do with your ex-spouse at that point, or soon to be ex-spouse is you say, Hey, you know, uh, when you want to go out or whatever, I'm happy to take the child. Mm -hmm. um, and you can grab them the next one and, and not threatening. Don't be like, I'm going to, I'm coming to get the child and I'm taking you back to court. Cause if I'm going to have them more than 50% of the time, I'm going to make you pay blah, 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 blah. 
have your first priority to be that child's safety, both physical safety and psychological safety. So because if you argue and try to use one of those unsafe situations um, with your spouse, then, then your child is caught in the middle. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, you know, you say to your child, anytime you feel sick, anytime you feel scared, anytime you feel lonely, you call me. Okay. Can you, can you change a custody agreement? Absolutely. So here's the other part. Here's my other part of that advice. And then you document (laughs) every single one of these instances, because at some point, you know, if it was your ex-spouse met this person and for three weeks they acted like a 20-year-old instead of a 45-year-old, okay, well, that may be a poor decision-making, but that doesn't warrant changing the custody, custody agreement. Right. But if what you're seeing is over a, you know, three, four, five, six month period, your child is being left alone a lot. And they're at an age where generally you wouldn't leave them alone. So we don't leave eight year olds alone. Mm-hmm. And, and we just don't do that. And right. all of a sudden you're discovering your eight year old is being left alone to all hours of the day and night. And the next day, um, <laughs> um that's important and you need a document. I do know that, I don't know if you know the names of them, but I do know that there are apps that you can use as communication apps with your spouse if you are having difficulty. Now the trouble is, is to get them to use those apps, but it's a way right. to document everything and all the conversations. Because if if things get too acrimonious, put everything in writing. Email is really good because email is time stamped and date stamped. So. Right. And then you have a written record of what what has gone on and because you need proof. If you're going to try and change your child custody agreement, you do need proof. Right. So my next question for you, okay, you're a woman, whether you're gay or straight, doesn't matter. You're thinking about getting divorced, but you're not sure if you want to. You're how do you start? Like, look at, so what happens is, I know women get very guilty that they're even thinking about divorce. And so they don't really make any, they don't, they don't talk to a lawyer beforehand. Like, that's my biggest regret that I did not talk to a lawyer before I started this whole thing, because it would have been very helpful to me. And I would have learned things that I just didn't know. Um, How should, if you're thinking about leaving your marriage, what kind of steps should you take Yeah, get ready? So maybe it's not going to be for a year from now. Maybe it's six months. Maybe it's three years from now. How do you start planning? So know what your rights are. Go talk to a lawyer. Pay a lawyer for an hour, right, mm-hmm. or whatever. It's a couple hundred bucks. It's worth every penny. Do some lawyers give free consultations? Yeah. Yeah, some people give free consultations. They'll tell you what to do and what not to do, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. As you get prepared. Uh, make sure you have all the documents. So you need all your tax returns. You need to have, you need to, if you're not the one who handles your finances, some afternoon you need to take all those documents and make copies of them. How about passwords and, and um, uh, sign in logins? Um, how do you like, like, I, I know some, I know clients that their husbands handle everything. They don't even have the passwords and logins to things. Yeah. Just go to your bank. Just go to your bank. If you're on the account, they'll print you out. Right. Okay. A statement. <laughs> Hang on. We're about to get joined by a cat. Yeah. So, so what, other, what other things should people do? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, if you have been out of the workforce for a long time, you need to start thinking about what you want to do. And I, before you file, I'd get in school. Mm-hmm. Or return to work if you want to. Yeah, work. or yeah. return to work or yeah. get some training or do something. 
Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Because remember, as you approach this, your financial and your emotional life are going to be in upheaval. Mm -hmm. If you have a job that provides you some security, you're going to be in a better situation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And so, you know, just, I mean, here's the thing. Here's the thing I wish that, you know, we taught people is that everybody needs some skill, no matter if you stayed home, no matter what you've done, you need a marketable skill. Mm -hmm. And, and it is really important, not just, you know, for you, but for our society that one, we make traditional, you know, traditionally men take some of the child rearing responsibility. Mm-hmm. It's really important. It's better for everybody if they bear some of that responsibility. It's better for our children. And also Shannon and I right now are talking about traditional marriages, but this is also true if you're a gay couple and you are you are married as well. It's not good for like one of the spouses just to take all the responsibility of rearing the children. It's got to be both. Or for the financial health of the family. Family, exactly. Both parties should be sharing that. You can, you can divide that up in a way that makes sense for you, right? So maybe it's a 60-40 or maybe it's a 75-25, whatever works for you. But having experience, even if you've only worked part-time, is way better for anybody than if you have a huge gap and and you're thinking about getting divorced before you've established a new marketable skill. You're you're really putting yourself in a precarious situation, and I would not recommend that. Can you talk a little bit about child and spousal support? Right. So, um, spousal support is the new word for alimony. <laughs> correct. Or yes. in, in my state, it's called maintenance. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. And so what, what happens, um, I'm just going to use my own as a, as an example, but basically depending on the length of your marriage and the differential in your income, the the spouse that has a lower income or no income will be entitled to maintenance or spousal support depending on kind of a formula we you know we have a formula um and that is what the law says you are entitled to you are not taking anybody right you are entitled to it Mm-hmm. Um, because what you gave up has a value and this is compensation for what you've given up. Mm-hmm. Usually it's limited unless, unless both parties are older, right? And so you will be entitled to a certain amount based on a formula. Mm-hmm. I highly recommend that you don't give that up. How about a lump settlement? Because I did, yes. because my ex-husband was very manipulative with money. So I was like, I, I don't want to deal with this for the rest of my life. Right. So I took a lump sum. So I, I worked part-time for five. So the state of Kansas said I could have gotten up Excellent. to seven years. I said, hey. I took a break in my career. I worked part-time for five years. I will take that five, but you're going to pay me a lump sum of that value because I don't want to have to hassle with you Mm -hmm. every month to make a payment to me. So Mm -hmm. I will discount what I'm entitled to for an up sum lump payment. And for emotional peace of mind. Correct. And that is something that you want to discuss with your lawyer about what have that mean, because here's the thing, hopefully this is your one divorce. Maybe you've had a couple, 
Yeah. Right? <laughs> Your divorce lawyer has seen hundreds. Thousands sometimes. Right? Yeah. <laughs> they know a lot more about what's possible. What's the upside scenario? What's the downside scenario? They're going to be able to advise you that, yeah, that sounds like a good deal. If you can get it all up front, you don't have to worry about, you don't have to ever pay a lawyer to take them back to court to get paid. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. And one thing that I did learn going through my divorce is, you know, a lot of times the women we work with will say, oh, my husband said that I can't have half of his retirement, <laughs> you know, and it's like, okay, I just wanted to like, everything is negotiable, right? Well, that, and um, that's not true. Okay. And, and do not take legal advice. So you're saying what your husband said, like, like, like when I said, my husband said, I can't have half of his, you're Correct. saying that's not true. Okay. Okay. That's not true. Okay. That's not true. Um, there are some things you're not entitled to. They're considered separate assets. Mm -hmm. right so he inherited something yeah, inheritance him. is often a yeah that kind of thing but don't take legal advice from your soon-to-be ex-spouse don't take legal advice. and also i'm going to be really honest don't go into facebook groups and take legal advice no don't take it to your friend from your friend because everybody's divorce is different and there are parent. That's why, that's why I know everybody, I'm sorry, Shannon. I know people are real hesitant around lawyers, but that's what they're there for. That's, right. And there's some wonderful lawyers out there that are. And, are, and yeah. yeah. And you want to be careful about finding a lawyer. Yes. You want to talk to friends and their experiences. Do not Google divorce lawyer in you know, Paducah. I mean, don't get a lawyer that way. Talk to people. Go find somebody who's good. Go meet with them. If you get a bad vibe, trust your gut. Yes. Same with therapists, right? If right. you get a bad vibe, trust your gut. Don't hire somebody. Yeah. And sometimes you may, I, I always advise clients to go and interview three or four. I mean, you may find the first one if you really jive with somebody and also too, when you're talking about to friends about divorce, I, one thing people complain about a lot of the times is timeliness and responsiveness of a lawyer. I hear that a lot, like my lawyer won't email me back or he won't call me back or she won't call me back. When you're talking to your friends about lawyers, ask them, were they timely? Right. Did they, did they answer your phone calls? If you called up and were upset, it may not be right away because a lot of times they're in court or they're doing something else and you may have to schedule a call for like a couple of days, um, but that they respond to you. Like you are yeah. a valuable client and they respond to you. Right. And if your lawyer says to you, I won't know anything for 90 days, don't call him every week <laughs> for the next three months because you will be billed for that and oh, they will say and they will say to you i don't know anything i'll call you when i know and i was in private practice i never practiced um divorce but i had a lot of partners who did and uh we are not qualified to be therapists Mm -hmm. Do not call us and talk to us about your personal issues or that he's dating your ex-best friend or whatever because you're paying a premium to talk to us and all you should want to talk to us about is our expert legal advice. You know, <laughs> that is really good advice, Shannon, because... Um, just remember this, every time you contact your lawyer, whether you talk to them on phone or you email them, that is billable hours for them. And so they can bill you for that. And so you, I agree with Shannon. If I wish I had like things, I wish I'd heard this podcast before I got like, started to get divorced because, you know, I did my therapist, I mean, my therapist. <laughs> 
that's a Freudian slip there. Um, my <laughs> lawyer was a little bit of my therapist, you know, because she was also queer and a lesbian. And so she, you know, we talked a lot about that stuff. I don't know if she billed me for it or not, but, you know, I probably shouldn't have done that. I should have just stuck to the financial part of the process, you know, so that's great advice. Yeah. Our, our expertise is the law. Yes. <laughs> right. Yeah. And uh, I'll tell you a story afterwards. Um, so Shannon, any last words about divorce that we missed that I missed? Yeah. So going back. So what isn't amicable? So your ex-spouse has basically said, this is war. We're going to war, even if they don't use the word war, but uh, I'm going to fight you for custody. I'm going to fight you for every dime. I'm going to fight you, whatever. Then you need the but I'm like, you need the biggest, baddest lawyer you can find. And lawyers are different. There are lawyers who are good with the mediation and amicable side, and they work well. There are lawyers who are, this is war. And uh, if your spouse had has one of those kind of lawyers you go get the next biggest baddest hired gun you can find do not bring a knife to a gunfight okay. um, <laughs> it made me think of another question which this is something i learned along the way but what if you're a woman saying but i'm not going to be able to afford that lawyer i can't go and get that lawyer I can't afford that. Can you can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, that can be part of the negotiation and the resolution of your divorce, right? But but here's the, here's the thing is you know, how do you know your spouse is doing that? Your spouse alleges in the petition you're not safe for the children or you have a drinking problem or and you don't, right? Please, if you do have a drinking problem, you need other things, Support. but mm -hmm. but all of a sudden your spouse is making all these false allegations about you and, and that kind of stuff. Someone is going to evaluate that claim, usually the judge, and you need someone, I mean, articulating your case just as strenuously as your spouse is articulating how unfit you are. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and so you figure out a way to pay for it because, I mean, you know, the, wor the worst case scenarios is like, right? You don't get the visitation of your children that's best for your children. You don't, right? I mean, there are, these are real stakes, right? And remember, like I've had so many people say, my ex-spouse's lawyer is such a jerk or the, which not quite that word. And, um, <clears throat> and I say, they don't care. It's mm -hmm. not personal for them. Mm -hmm. That's their job. If their spouse, if your ex-spouse or soon to be ex-spouse comes to the lawyer and says, I want to take them for every dime. I want a hundred percent of custody. I don't think they're safe with our children. We do not vet this. We say, okay, okay. that's our job. So mm -hmm. this is not personal for the lawyer. This is business. And if your spouse has told them they are willing to go to the wall and they are paying you to do so, that's what's going to happen. Mm -hmm. And, and the judge is the person who has to then decide the truth of the matter. The lawyer doesn't, the lawyer does. And so people need to not be like, you know, well, we were in the same PTA group with that lawyer that it doesn't matter. Yeah. Their only obligation is to their client. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. That's their only, it's not to be fair. It's not to do anything. If their client says my ex soon to be ex spouse has a drinking problem. I don't think the children are safe with that person. The lawyer doesn't be like, well, you know, yes let prove it to me they don't yeah, prove it they, they, they don't there. they don't say that they say okay okay and they yeah you know i i've heard people do some really creative things um over the years when pursuing divorce i had actually one client who was going to get an inheritance from her parents when they passed they were still alive and she went to her brother and they made an arrangement that she got her part, like a portion of her part of her, of her inheritance so she could pay for the divorce. Sometimes people do go to relatives and ask them. I know my, right. my sister, my, my, I have two sisters. One of my sisters helped my other sister to get the divorce. She got money from her. So there are often people that are willing to help. You may have to pay them back, of course, but there right. are there's all kinds of creative ways people do that so they can get the best lawyer possible. Well, and, and I'll tell you that, I mean, if you protect your financial health, then you will be able to pay that back over time, right? Or pay over time. Whereas if you sacrifice your financial health because you, you don't stand up for your rights and you don't get what you're entitled to and you, you know, <laughs> and you use a lawyer that you don't want to pay so that they don't do the work that you need them to do or they're not qualified to do. That will, that will pay you back over time, <laughs> right? And it will be terrible. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, up front, it might cost you, but over time, protecting your financial interest is really worth the cost. Yes. And I hope for everybody, you can do it, you know, in five months and amicably, and it doesn't cost you very much, but that's not going to be everybody's reality. And so being able to kind of look at what your situation is and make decisions based on your own self-interest. And, and again, I just want to say, do not give up your financial well-being because you want to be divorced, because you have decided you, you love other women, because you're tired, you're tired because... I mean, those are, those are guilt laden reasons, right? That societal constructs and other people have put on us, but we are entitled to be fully formed, actuated human beings to love who we love, to do the job we want to do and to raise our children and because that's the choice we want to make, we do not have to sacrifice our financial well-being. Beautiful. I think we're going to let that be the last word about divorce today. That was great. Um, so Shannon, I always ask this at the end of my podcast, um, my woman loving woman friend. <laughs> Did you have a coming out song? I... Uh, yeah, I, you know, I'm kind of like uh, all mixed up with my divorce and all of that. But the song, the song for six months, the first song that I got up and listened to is uh, by Chumbawamba. I get knocked down. Get down. I get I get down. down. <laughs> That's a great divorcing song. <laughs> and then uh, followed by Lizzo's Good as Hell. That's um, I love that. I haven't heard of, I haven't heard anybody say Chumbawamba yet. That's a great song. I love that. Um, have you had a book or a movie or something that has inspired you? And it doesn't have to be in regards to coming out. Yeah. So, um, uh, 
you know, a book by Frankel, who it, it's called Man's Search for Meaning. Meaning. Um, and uh, I, it, it really was earth changing in this, for me in the sense of um, he was a Holocaust survivor and he just really talked about the interlife of a human and how to maintain your humanity in the worst possible case scenarios and sort of what he what he saw um, in the concentration camps about sort of who survived and and it was people who continued to make connection who had a, a sliver of bread and shared it as opposed to hoarding it and I just really it really touched me and I and I just try to take that um, philosophy of abundance both in lot you know in life there's enough love to go around there's enough stuff to go around there's enough to go around and and that if we come at it uh, at life from that approach that we are happier mm -hmm. absolutely so how would you describe I mean I know it was a real tumultuous um like three years for you <laughs> just describe your life today yeah, so, um, you know, the great thing is um, I would say I've reached a place where I'm at peace with, you know, my, you know, with my past, with my divorce, uh, with my life choices. Um, I am to a place um, that, you know, my, my children are grown-ish, right? They're, they're out there and living their own lives. And so I have the opportunity to, to, for the first time in a very long time to get up and say, what do we want to do? <laughs> you know? um, now, what and, do I have to do? What do we want to do? Yeah. And yeah. I, you know, I have a job I love and I have really good friends. And, um, you know, I would say that um, I've, I've uh, developed a pretty, um, robust gratitude practice because one of the things about um going through a really tough time is you know what what you discover is um that i had really good friends before i've made really good friends and supportive friends through your group that have helped me in a way that my um friends from a, kind of my former life don't really have the expertise to help me with. Um, and so, you know, the kindness of strangers have, has really uh, come to the fore and that really um, it's my choice whether I stay down or whether I get back up every day again, <laughs> again right? And, uh, and so I've decided to not be not, you know, even if you knock me down, I'm getting back up. And most likely I'm going to go get in a kayak or do something that I find fun and exciting. Yes. She's our adventurer. So <laughs> thank you, Shannon, so much. And again, a disclaimer about the legal, this is not legal advice. We're just talking about divorce. <laughs> yes. This is very <laughs> practical advice for go get a divorce lawyer. Yes. And try to do this in a way that is not destructive to everyone involved. Yes. Thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it, Shannon. It was great having you. It was my pleasure.